Hey babes, welcome to another episode of Heal and Thrive After Heartbreak, hosted by yours truly, Alexander Eva May. On this show, we get real about healing after heartbreak and thriving on the other side. Hello, Heartbreak Warriors. I am so excited that you are back for another episode. This is a super exciting episode. It is the very first interview on the Heal and Thrive After Heartbreak podcast. It's an amazing guest that's coming on today. I'm so excited for her to share her story, how she got through heartbreak, how she healed and thrived on the other side. She's incredibly inspirational, and I just cannot wait for you to hear her story. And if you like the show, make sure that you rate, you add a review, you subscribe, you share it with your friends. All of those things really help other people find the show that need to hear it. There are so many people right now with broken hearts that are desperately seeking healing, people that, you know, need to hear others' stories or strategies of how to heal. So please, if you can do that, that is amazing. I love you all so much for doing that. And it really helps the show, yeah, like I said, find other people. Beautiful humans, if you haven't grabbed my book yet, you should. The link is in the show notes. It is called Her Awakening. You can grab it on Amazon and it is all about my journey to heal after my divorce. It is filled with lessons, stories, and strategies for you so that you can heal after your heartbreak, after your breakup, after your divorce, and you can move forward into this next chapter and you can thrive as the amazing human that you are becoming. Like I said, you can grab it today on Amazon and the link is in the show notes. Vicki Joma is the guest today. She is a certified life, career, and executive coach that has narrowed her focus to supporting women in life, work, and business through a foundation of self-care. After going through her own journey of motherhood, marriage, divorce, remarriage, school, climbing the corporate ladder, and feeling like she lost herself completely in the process, Vicki had to make major changes in her life in order to heal, find herself and reconnect with the important things. She now takes everything she has learned, experienced and studied to support other women do the very same thing. I'm so excited to have Vicky here. We connected on Instagram. She's an amazing woman and I'm just so excited. Hi, Vicky. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited slash nervous for this conversation. <laughs> oh, don't, don't be nervous <laughs> at all. This is the first interview for the show. So it's super exciting. It is so exciting. And for you to create this stage, this safe and supported space for us to talk about these really hard things is incredible. So thank you for that. And I am, I am here for it. Oh, I'm excited. That's awesome. Uh, so do you want to let the listeners know a little bit about you? Yeah, sure. So I am 35 years old. I am a mother of two. This almost sounds like a dating app. Hey, um, <laughs> <laughs> my children are from two different relationships. One is from my first marriage and one from my second. So my daughter from my first marriage is now 12. Oh my gosh. That is crazy when I say it out loud. And my son is six. So Looking back, just to give you a brief little overview, this is like the Coles notes of my timeline. I was engaged, married, had a baby, separated by 24, and officially divorced by 25. 
So yeah, it was a lot of change, uh, in a very short amount of time. And I'm currently married to my second husband. We actually just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary a couple months ago. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So it's been, um, 11 years since my separation to my first husband. So, um, a lot has happened in that amount of time, both, um, personally and professionally, but, you know, looking back, it's all very connected and it's all very connected to who I am today and what I'm doing with my life today. So that's so amazing that what an amazing story, just this little snippet so far. So do you feel comfortable at all sharing a little bit more about your heartbreak story? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's what we're here for, right? <laughs> yeah. to, to open up the conversation and to talk about these things. And, you know, it's really funny that you and I connected, um, Instagram is wonderful in so many ways. Um, I saw that the title of your book has the word awakening in it. And long before I even connected with you, that is the word that I used to sort of summarize my experience. I was like, you know, looking back, it's actually more of an awakening than anything. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, this girl's on my vibe. I love it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But of course, you know, when we're, when we're going through these things, it sure doesn't feel that way. Does it? No, Um, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. No. Um, That is like a hindsight perspective for sure. Um, So right now in my life, it, it truly, I do truly look at it as an awakening, but it does take a journey to get to that point, to be able to view it that way. You know, it's, it's much easier to look back at these things in hindsight with a clearer lens than when you're in the thick of it. All right. So let's chat about this. So was there heartbreak? Of course, things were hard. (laughs) Things, things, things were really fucking hard. And I can't even imagine being, you know, that young and, you know, there's people that are younger than 25 or 24 that go through this, but that is relatively young. And then having a child, I can't even imagine Yeah. So, I mean, we started dating when I was about 19 and I mean, it was young love for sure. We were, um, you you know, you you kind of get caught up in it and you kind of feel unstoppable, but you're young and you're naive a little bit and the relationship, you know, progressed really quickly. We got engaged when we were 21 and of course, looking back, there were red flags, but I mean, when you're in the moment and you're young and you're kind of falling for somebody, you don't always, we don't see these things. We kind of have our blinders on and we just get caught up in the relationship. So again, not placing judgment on that because when we are going through these things, we don't see everything, you know, perspective is an interesting word and looking back definitely makes the lens clear. So you know, we got engaged. Um, and then I kind of started having like these feelings, but then everybody tells, Oh, it's just cold feet. And it's at that <laughs> point, you know, you know, yeah, we laugh now because it's like, well, shit, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> like seriously, I hate that. I hate that term. I know. Cold we, feet. I know. It's like, we need to stop telling people that it's just cold feet Maybe, or yeah. just this or just that, because you know what that does is it invalidates our feelings. hundred percent. And that could be your body or your mind or whatever telling you, yeah, this isn't just cold feet. This is don't do it. Don't walk this down that aisle. Do it. <laughs> This tells us to, it invalidates our feelings. It teaches us to not follow our gut. It teaches us to not follow our intuition and our instincts. And of course, you know, being girls and women, 
um, we're also kind of taught to be good girls Mm -hmm. and to be quiet. And so there's all of these generational and these societal elements to it that really teaches us to sort of be quiet and just keep going. And we're supposed to keep going because this is the next step. Mm-hmm. Again, I was kind of told it was cold feet. And then because we were so young, I think things in the relationship sort of started to show their ugly faces, you know, things started to come up again, let's call them red flags because it's just a sort of an easy way to label it. But again, <laughs> me being, you know, I, I love this guy. We're young and I see, I do see a future. We'll get past this. He's got to deal with some things and we'll, we'll get through this. We'll work through it together. We justify, we rationalize. And again, we're kind of taught to push that intuition down and be a good girl. Just keep going. We're supposed to be here for our partners. I know? couldn't agree more. Yeah. So you just keep going because that's what we feel like we need to do. I was, I kept thinking, you know, it's going to get better. He's dealing with some things in his past. Um, we'll get through this. You know, we got a wedding to plan. There's a lot going on. We're going through a lot of change. It's just emotions are running high. We, we always find a way to justify it. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, looking back, I can label it. And, you know, it's not easy to talk about. It's not easy to say, but there was, this is verbal and emotional abuse. Let's just get that out there and use those words. Um, It's hard to say, and it's hard to talk about um, because back then, you know, you brush it off thinking, no, 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 this isn't it. But yeah, that was it. And and it's interesting because when, can I ask what year were you married? So that would have been 2009. So that was like a lifetime ago. Nobody was talking about emotional abuse back then or verbal abuse or any of that at all, right? I think now we're so woke and things have changed (laughs) so much. (laughs) Yes, totally. In a good way. In a good way, yeah. So now we have all this awareness and people are talking. But at the time, like people, if you had told someone I'm in a verbally or emotionally abusive relationship, they would have been like, so it was different back then. You know, it's because these things aren't really tangible and there isn't, I hate to say it, there's no proof or there's no perspective. And you start to doubt yourself too. It's like, well, maybe I overreacted or maybe Mm -hmm. I'm just not rating the situation. Right. And, you know, we were, you know, social media definitely wasn't what it was now back then. Like it Mm -hmm. was, you know, but that's back in the day where people were just taking pictures of their lunch and posting it on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was, that was, that was the depth of social media at that point. And, and you feel very alone. Um, I think because of my age, that was another factor that um, came into play because I was the first one out of everybody that I knew that was getting married and thinking about these things. You know, most of my friends weren't even in committed relationships. I, or relationships in general. So, um, yeah. So it's like, you feel like you don't have anybody to talk to about these things. So again, it's like, all right, we're just going to keep going because that's what we do in relationships. Right. So that, you know, we're pushing that intuition down. We're, we're forging forward, Hmm. um, about six or seven weeks before, um, the wedding, I found out I was pregnant. Oh my gosh. Wow. I found out I was pregnant before we got married. And so, Um, I mean, was it always in the plan? Yeah. Because you think at that point, I always wanted to be a mom. I always kind of knew like, this was my path. I want to be a mother. I'm going to get married, have babies. Um, well, shit, I didn't totally expect it to happen at this point in time, but here we are. (laughs) So (laughs) again, moving forward. So 
again, that intuition is sort of screaming a little bit inside. Now I, I was really scared inside because there was just that voice. Girl, I relate so much. Like I, <laughs> there were definitely moments before you know? I got married where I had, I, I won't say it here, but there was definitely an experience where I should have listened to my intuition. Yeah. There was red flags. So you're not alone. And yeah. I'm sure there's lots of people listening that are like, oh, yes, me too. Yeah, I saw the again, red flags and I pushed them down. Yeah. Because at the myself. time we don't view them as red flags. We're just thinking we're getting wrapped up in emotions and going through the motions and this is whatever. So I was feeling very sort of conflicted at that point, but again, we move forward. (laughs) So (laughs) at that point, yes, looking back, there was definitely some um, emotional and verbal abuse going on. There was a conflict in value systems and beliefs, which of course I didn't recognize at the time at all, but I think getting pregnant and starting to have those conversations around raising a family and stuff, that's when I really realized And also, again, we were really young. We were still discovering who we were as people going through some really um, formative years in terms of growth in the adult world. I really started to recognize that who I am as a core person, my values, my beliefs do not align with yours. Mm -hmm. Like just pure and simple. They do not. That is something that I was really conflicted with. But you stay because we kind of have our blinders on. We're at the cusp of having a wedding now. Everybody's already invited. There's all these things happening. Isn't that crazy with the weddings? Like we Uh, we get all wrapped up in the day. I would argue, especially in your twenties, maybe not as you get older, maybe it matters less, but in your twenties, you get wrapped up in this whole day and the wedding. You've sent out the invites, like you mentioned, and you're like, well, what am I going to do now? I can't back out. I might as well, might as well go through with it. I might as well just go through with it. And see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, See how it goes. It's okay. Like we can fix this. We might have conflicting beliefs on this and this, but maybe we'll find a way. We'll fix Mm -hmm. it. And with you. You can't fucking fix core beliefs and values. (laughs) No, you cannot. (laughs) And you had this baby on the way. So you were probably like, well, you know, we're going to do this for the baby. Like, yeah, we're going to raise this baby together. And, you know, I know that this is, I know that I'm not the only person to experience this, but let me tell you at the time, you sure fucking feel like you're mm-hmm. the only person in the world going through this. It's like, I have nobody to talk to. I'm alone. And so, yeah, I mean, I, he had a very traditional mindset in a lot of ways and that sort of thing didn't really come out until we started experiencing things like a wedding and having a baby and, um, yeah, those things became really apparent. They manifested in certain ways that I never really saw before that point in time. During the time when I was pregnant, there were times when um, it got physical. I'm so sorry. There was moments of, um, you know, physical interactions that escalated from arguments and disagreements about things. During that period of time, that's when it really started to, to set in like, no, this isn't something that can be fixed. Mm -hmm. You cannot go back from that. You can't. And I kept it inside. I didn't tell anybody. I think that's most victims of abuse. There's so much shame about it. Even though you did nothing wrong, you're the victim. You have so much shame and yeah, you do. So many people just hide it. Yeah. Because you're made to feel like you are responsible for some of it, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, Which let's just clarify anybody listening that's in an abusive relationship or marriage or has been there is not your fault. You did nothing wrong and you did not deserve it. And whether it is emotional or verbal or physical, it doesn't matter what type of abuse it is. Mm -hmm. Um, It is always unacceptable, always. And it is never your fault when you're in the thick of it and going through it. Of course, you don't feel that way. You know, I felt shame and embarrassment and I had this baby growing inside of me and it's like, now what the fuck am I going to do? But there was a lot of clarity during this time because I think a part of me was also like, I'm only 24. I'm so young. I have so much life ahead of me. I've always been told I've had this gift of perspective. Now being 35 years old, I can talk to it a little bit more. But back then I didn't really recognize it. But now that looking back, I I totally can see it. I sort of had this ability to sort of pull myself out of my own body and look at the big picture. It's okay. I, I was almost looking at my life from an aerial view and being like, okay, Vicky, you're here. You're only 24 years old. And I, I should also clarify that age has nothing to do with it. Please. It doesn't matter at any point <laughs> if you are in this type of relationship, get the fuck out. Yes. But for me, this is just yes. my, yes, yes. <laughs> but for me, this is my, my self-talk. This was just my inner dialogue to myself because it was my situation. I was 24. So this is what I was telling myself. I was looking to the future and it was like, I could not see myself 20 years from now. It was blank because I knew that I couldn't have this for 20 years. I just no. So God, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was like, I couldn't picture myself staying with this human for the rest of my life. I couldn't picture myself parenting with this human that I had such conflicting value systems with and conflicting beliefs. I think that's such a beautiful like piece of advice for people. I, I talked about that actually on another show recently, how a lot of times when we're dreading ending a relationship or a marriage, we, we're very short-sighted. We think, how yes. am I going to deal with it in a year or yes. five years? I can't mm-hmm. do this. I can't do this. Well, really, marriage is supposed to last, like you mentioned, your whole life. So you have to really think, do you want to be with this person for 20 more years? Do you want to parent with them? And if your answer is no, get the fuck out. Exactly. And I know it's really hard, but don't be it so sure. Yeah. And that's what it is. Like, obviously that short term is so fucking hard. Mm -hmm. I'm not denying that it was, but when we look past that and look to the future and what we picture it, you know, you don't want that for yourself. And Mm -hmm. I just knew I didn't want that. I knew there was bigger and better things out there. And after finding out that we were having a girl, you sort of get that, um, those instincts start to kick in. It's like, would I want this for my daughter? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. So yes, I'm going to raise her knowing that this was my path, but I cannot model for her the, the alternative. We also hear like, oh, well, what about the kids? Um, pardon me. Like, that's another big thing. It's like, well, what about the kids? It's like, holy fuck. Are you telling me that you think it's better to stay in that type of relationship just because there's kids involved? Not at all. How is that healthier? You saved your child in my perspective. You saved saved myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and her, mm-hmm. I could only think about the life that I wanted for my daughter. And I just knew, you know, we have to be the change we want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. And if we want to break the stigma and the shame and the embarrassment that women feel around these things, we have to model it. You broke a cycle of abuse too, because it's possible if she witnessed that. And I'm not saying anything would have happened to her, but maybe, but if she witnessed that even between you and your ex, she might've gone on to 
have abusive relationships herself where she was the victim as well because that's a lot of the time yes. what can happen, right? So you also broke that cycle, which is amazing for the statistics, your daughter. The statistics show us that we are much more likely to enter into those things if that's the environment we were mm-hmm. around. I'm sure there's a much more psychologically accurate way to say it, but that is just the word that came to my brain in this moment. Well, I think we seek out the love we know And if you grew up, say, in a home like that, or I was talking to a friend actually the other day who's going through kind of a bad split because she grew up in such a home of uh, toxicity and drama and all of the things. So she even said, I did not realize that love wasn't supposed to be this way. I just thought that was normal. And so, yeah, we, I think sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we seek out that love that we grew up in, we knew. That's yeah, very because, much family of origin is so huge. Yeah, actually. and even though we know from like a logistical and you know that um, viewpoint, it's what we know and it's what we're comfortable with, even though it's wrong. We tend to stay with comfort rather mm-hmm. than right because mm-hmm. it's so much harder to do the right thing than it is to do than just to stay and and stay in comfort. What ended up happening is um, we split, or I left him about um, 20 months, 21 months into our marriage. So we were married for less than two years before we separated. And I was only 24 when we separated. So yeah, fuck, that was interesting. (laughs) So I remember, (laughs) I'll never forget. I'll never forget sitting on like my master bedroom floor and shoving my clothes into garbage bags and calling. I think I called my mom or my dad and it was I need to get out. Can you come pick up my shit for me? And there was never any questions asked. It was, yeah, okay. Like we'll come. And I was just shoving bags, you know, my clothes into bags and just grabbing everything. And and I grabbed my daughter and I don't think my ex really took me seriously at the time. I think it was just like, you know, how gaslighting works. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure we could imagine what was said during that time, but I packed up my shit and, um, I left to my parents' house and that was it. And, um, I was 24 years old sleeping in my parents' cold basement with a one-year-old who was sleeping terribly. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just sobbing. Cause it's like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. What am I going to do? Where am I, I going to go from here? And, and I, and I had no idea. I didn't know where I was going to go or what I was going to do. I just knew that it couldn't be there. Mm -hmm. So I was going to do, I was going to make something new, but after that point, um, you know, is probably where we need to talk about how much shame is felt and stigma and embarrassment, because I think the fear of that alone is what prevents a lot of people from taking those really hard steps. I completely agree you know, and I just remember, you know, people start to notice things, you know, you take your ring off and then people start to know that you're, Oh, I heard Vicky is at her parents' house. What's going on. (laughs) Um, And the second you say, well, I, I left, we're splitting up. You can just see the pity that falls onto people's faces when you start to tell them these things. And so that response that the majority of people have when you tell them these things makes it so much harder to go through it. It's Mm -hmm. like, we need to stop looking at people with pity when they're going through these things, because that makes them small. 
I totally agree. I remember one woman said she, whenever she meets another woman that is going through a divorce and she, the woman was the one who decided it needed to end or they mutually yeah. decided she's always, she always responds by saying, congratulations. That's amazing. Congra- yes. Congratulations. Like let's, whatever the reason, um, you know, may, and maybe in some situations celebrating isn't the right thing either, but mm-hmm let's keep being curious. It's okay to be curious. We are very curious beings as Mm -hmm. humans, but for the love of everything, holy, please (laughs) stop fucking feeling sorry for women that are doing things that are good for them, even though they're hard. Holy shit. I just, (laughs) that should be like the quote from this episode. (laughs) Like, Oh my God, stop fucking feeling sorry for us. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't need pity. I need you to tell me that fuck you did the right thing. How can I support you? I love that. Not once did somebody ask me how they could support me. And I get it because we honestly have no idea how to react. Yeah. And we've, we don't, we've grown up. I'm the same age as you. I'm 35 as well. And so we have kind of, I would imagine a similar context in regards to, you know, the time, I guess. And so for uh, 50, 100 years, we've just been fed this narrative that marriage is good. Divorce is bad. Do not divorce. And even and, when you see celebrities. Yeah, as a couple, woman, yeah, you're supposed to be at home. You're supposed to be a good wife. You're supposed to be good to your man. Treat your man right. And yeah. Do whatever the fuck they want. And I think, yeah, we've spent so many years saying divorce is bad. So people just have it in their head that, oh, this is such a sad experience. And, yeah. We need yeah. to stop looking at divorce as a failure. Mm-hmm. It's not. You know, I can't even tell you how many times I felt like I was failing. Like I failed myself. I failed a marriage. It's like, why are we making people feel this way when they're doing something that is best for them physically, mentally, emotionally, this was the right step, but why am I being made to feel like I failed? Well, and specifically in your context, you should be celebrated for yeah. doing something to make you safe happy and healthy. Right. It's like, we are, it's like, we're so afraid of those things almost. And the fact that I, you know, was only 24 when we separated and we were married less than two years mm-hmm. made it even worse. Cause it's like, well, it's only been two years. Like, <laughs> why don't you give it a shot or give it some time? Or shouldn't you want to stay and fix things? Or, you know, you can't leave somebody just because they're depressed. And I'm like, I really think you're missing the fucking point here. (laughs) I can laugh about it now. But like, when you think about it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is why people stay. Yeah. And you want to, you want to be like, well, okay. So how long, how long should I give it another six months? Year, two years? When is it okay to be, like you said, safe, happy, and healthy? Mm -hmm. When is that okay to do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't care if it's been five minutes or 50 years. Exactly. It's okay to walk away at any point at any life point. is too short. It's too this, short. Yeah. It's too short. And, <laughs> and I think just, a lot of times too, like religion gets in the way. A lot of people are Christian or Catholic or Jewish or whatever mm-hmm. religion they might be where marriage is very important, but there's also, I think we forget God Whoever you, whatever God you believe in did not intend for you to live your life in an abusive or toxic marriage or relationship. They, that God did not want that for you. They do not want you there. Yeah. And I like, personally, like I'm not a religious 
type, but you're right. Whatever your beliefs are, whatever your values are, whatever higher power there is, that is not okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though, like you said, we've, we've made huge strides as women and we've made, you know, we have made tons of progress. We still have a very long way to go. Mm-hmm. We really do. Um, and these are the things that we're constantly battling. Oh yeah. Misogyny is still thriving. Yeah. The patriarchy <laughs> is still, is still strong. It is still <laughs> out there. And I don't, I don't fault. I do not fault men in general because mm-hmm. that is not who I am. There are some amazing, beautiful hearted men out there. This is not about bashing men because no. there are men on the other side of this situation too. Abuse is never okay. Mm-hmm. And so whoever you are, if you are on the other side of that, you can walk away and it's safe to do so as long as, you know, if it makes you happier, healthier, and safer, it's worth it Mm. regardless of how hard it is. So how did you heal after all of that? Um, good question. So as I'm looking back, so that separation was about 11 years ago. I actually don't think I healed from it. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm still healing. Maybe this is just an ongoing process. Maybe it's a journey, but looking back, I don't actually think I started to heal until a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, did I move on? Yes, I moved forward. But since that day, I mean, I think it's almost like as I left our house that day, the walls went up, you know, Yeah. and I pushed everything down. And I think, cause at that point in time, we're in like fight or flight mode, right? hundred um, percent. It's about survival. I think at that point. Um, so I really pushed emotions down and I really pushed feelings down and, and, I, and I put a big wall up. Honestly, that's very common in people that have survived abuse. It's very mm-hmm. common to, um, to push it down because it's yeah. easier. It's really hard to face those things that happen. They're very painful and a lot, a lot of survivors will push it down. So that's common. So it is, it is common. Um, So it was so much easier to ignore it and keep emotions out of it and focus on logistics at that point. You know, it was easier to focus on, you know, getting through the separation and it was easier to, you know, figure out um, paperwork and and stuff like that, rather than actually deal with my feelings. So for a very, very, very long time, um, I pushed my feelings down. You know, I did not wear my heart on my sleeve anymore. It was locked in a box in a vault and (laughs) people were even, you know, where they were lucky to even get a glimpse of it. Despite that though, like I moved forward. Um, you know, I met my current husband and I think the stars aligned, with him because mm-hmm. it didn't make, there was no, there's no, there was no reasoning or practical sense out of it. I let him in with all of my baggage and my secrets and Hey, this is me And <laughs> for the first time in my life. Because at that point it was, you know, you're very like, I will never allow myself to go through that again. So I was very open and honest. And it was just very much, Hey, this is me. And we've created such a beautiful life with so little effort. That's you know, amazing. And it was, my God, I hate to use the word magical because it sounds so cheesy, but it really, really was. (laughs) And, um, you know, I showed up for myself and I started showing up for my daughter. It was easy because he, he just got that, you know, there was, 
never any conversation about what was important. He just knew that she was the most important thing. And um, I think I found it really difficult. No, that's not the right word. Those things, we carry things with us. You know, it's, we can move forward and we can create a new life, but sometimes things do follow us. Mm-hmm. you know, and it starts to show up in our new relationships. Um, and I think those were the things that made me recognize that I hadn't healed yet and that I had, that I had just moved forward. Like, for example, I found it very difficult to receive support and help from my husband because my ex was the exact opposite of that. Do you know what I mean? hundred percent. Yeah. He was not supportive of my endeavors and my dreams and what I wanted So I found it difficult to accept that. And I think it was those types of things that made me realize that I hadn't really healed or processed what I had been through. Well, you were probably hypervigilant. So I went through something, I I wasn't physically abused, but I was verbally abused. And I was, I did not realize, I guess, the amount of trauma I had and I didn't heal. Same thing for years. And then it didn't kind of rear its ugly head till I was actually in another romantic relationship because that's where the trauma was. It was with a a romantic partnership. It was not with parents or other people. So it's very associated with that. And so I found in my new relationship, I was hyper vigilant to any kind of criticism right away. Like the trauma, like the fight, flight or freeze, it would come up. So you were probably hyper vigilant in that regard. Because yeah. it, it's can it was associated with traumatic experiences from exactly. your last relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you for that because that <laughs> that that describes it perfectly. So it was those types of things that made me realize, okay, it shouldn't be hard to accept help and support. So this is clearly trauma that I'm carrying with me. So it was working through that. That's when I realized that like okay, I had some serious work to do for myself on myself in order to actually heal. So moving forward and healing, I've learned are very two different things. (laughs) (laughs) So, So yeah, like it's, it's a journey and it's, it's beautiful and it's hard. And so if you could sum it up in some lessons, what lessons do you think did you learn from your heartbreak or your healing journey about yourself or love or just life oh, or whatever it might be? I love this. Yeah. So <laughs> few things. So I learned, God, I learned so many things about myself. Um, from a personal lens, I learned how strong I was. Mm. I can do such fucking hard things if I can leave a marriage at 24 years old with a one-year-old baby in my hand and just a garbage bag full of clothes, I can do a lot of other hard things. Um, I learned how important it is for us to listen and trust ourselves, trust Mm -hmm. our intuition. We know ourselves best. And as women and as mothers, we need to listen to that more. We really do. Honoring ourselves. We need to learn to honor ourselves, our needs, our wants, our desires. They're all really important. I learned that I can only control myself, Mm. my thoughts, my own actions. We cannot control anybody else's. They are not our responsibility. And so just learning to not take responsibility for other people's actions, thoughts, and feelings was a great lesson. 
And I discovered that it is not the best thing for parents to stay together just because there are children involved. We need other people going through these things to know that, Mm -hmm. you know, it is not the best thing for children, for parents to stay together just because they're parents. It is better to have happier, healthier, safer parents than anything else. Um, From like a, a more general lens, you know, it really, like we've talked about, there's a stigma around, around divorce that we need to change that there's no shame or embarrassment in it. This is just people taking steps to better themselves and better their lives. We need to stop showing pity and showing shame and embarrassment because it's not a failure. No, (laughs) this is somebody that has made a really hard decision to make their life better. And it should be acknowledged that that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Being curious is so important. I think being curious is a very safe place to come from. If you want to ask questions, ask questions, but do not look at me like I am something to be felt sorry for. I love that. Yes, I agree. To all the divorce warriors out there. Yes. To all the (laughs) divorce warriors out there. And to those thinking about maybe taking this step, maybe you're not in the thick of it yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're thinking about it because I know because the actual act of leaving is literally the very last step in the process. Mm-hmm. You think about this for months before you actually do it. You really do. You're having conversations in your head and you're thinking about things. That is the literal last step. So if you are thinking about it, just know that you're not alone. Just know that there is no shame or embarrassment in it. That if you are taking a step in your life to be happier, healthier, and safer, you fucking go for it. And I will be there for you every step of the way if you need somebody to walk shoulder to shoulder with you in it. Because trust me, you are not alone. It feels like we're alone. And like statistically, we know we're not alone. How many marriages end in divorce? Mm-hmm. We know the statistics, yet we feel so alone when we're going through it. I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe they don't have others in their life that have been through it. That was totally. my experience, at least maybe yeah. yours as well. I had nobody. So I, I felt exactly what you said, like alone and isolated and all the things. That's why I went online. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of us. <laughs> You're is. not alone. Here's here. There's two of us right here. <laughs> yeah. There we can have a little, us. A little, Send me a message. little group here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll drink you, wine over zoom. <laughs> exactly. You know what? Even if a, if a complete stranger approached me today and said, Hey, I'm thinking about this, I will lend you my ear and my heart mm-hmm. because I couldn't have imagined if somebody had done the same for me, how much of a difference that would have made. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for the path. You know, I'm happy for the path that I went through now because it led to who I am and what I'm doing in life now. And it's beautiful. And I'm so proud of myself, but it, it is, it's a long road to get there. So if- so with that being said, <laughs> I'm just wondering, so how did you thrive after heartbreak beyond your beautiful family and your beautiful new marriage? How else did you thrive since oh, this whole experience? I love that word thrive. Life is good. Um, mm. Life is good. Life is beautiful. So, you know, after we split up, I think I mentioned, you know, a little while ago about how, um, I felt that I wasn't supported in what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. One of the first things I did was I went back to school. I went back to school for something that I really wanted to do, but that 
And I quote, it was a career he did not support. He thought it was stupid. Red flag. (laughs) This is called gaslighting people. So um, yeah, um, he did not support me or my endeavors. And so I'm like, I want to do this. I'm going to fucking do it. Mm -hmm. I went to school. I were, I, so I was 25 years old living at my parents' house, back at my parents' house, um, <laughs> going to school, working. I had a toddler and it was, I thought, wow, I'm doing this. And, you know, for some, you know, I, I spent over 11, 12, uh, 11, 12 years in that career. I couldn't have imagined if I had stayed in that situation and not followed, you know, what I wanted to do, where would I be? Mm-hmm. But I left, I did what I wanted to do. And I spent 12, almost 12 beautiful years in an industry that I loved and in a career that I wanted to be in making really good money. Not that that is, you know, the goal, but it was a part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. it. It was a part of it because, you know, I was told that that's stupid. You'll never make any money in that. What's the point? You should be doing this instead of that because it's a guaranteed income, blah, 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 blah. Do you want to share with the industry what the job was? I'm kind of curious. So I worked as an interior designer. That's amazing. For home builders in our city. And I worked up my way in the ranks and I eventually landed an upper leadership position in for the company that I worked for. And I thrived and I had a really good team and that's where I built my life. And I met some of my best friends there and Mm -hmm. it was a place where my current husband, you know, he supported me like all in, in everything that I wanted to do. And it led me to where I am today. And it was from that career that led me into what I'm doing now. And I'm just so proud of the work that I did and the incredible opportunities that I stem that have stemmed from it. So when I think of thriving, it was following my own knowing, go back to thriving again about your question, finding somebody. And again, this is not the goal, but it was just, it's just my story is that I I did find somebody else and it was a partnership that I wanted to be in. And that was exactly what it was, was a true partnership. You know, he came into our lives. I thought this guy is fucking nuts for wanting to get involved with the woman who's in the (laughs) middle of a divorce with a toddler. Like, are you sure you want to be here? This is fucking chaos. He's like, yeah, I want to be here. All right, let's do this. He loved my daughter like his own. And it's Mm. wonderful watching their relationship grow over the years. And now we have a son together and their best friends. And not once have we ever referred to them as half sister, half brother. That's amazing. You know, they're brother and sister. It's our daughter. Isn't that funny? I just to go back to where you talked about partner. I think a lot of times, again, there's this unhealthy narrative that we see in movies about falling in love and, and I just love them so much. The roses, the bachelor, all the things. And I think a lot of women and also men, but we, a lot of us forget love shifts right it once shifts, you get yeah. into a relationship you're in the thick of it you're buying groceries every week you're doing you're paying the bills you're doing the things and you need a partner more than you need roses and i think totally, a lot yeah. of times we don't teach young girls that or young boys that that you need a partner in life and when you're dating or you're looking for that relationship look for a partner obviously be in love but look can that person hold up their end of the bargain do they make my life better or easier in some capacity are they a partner are we equal And I think Mm -hmm. that often gets overlooked. And I'm just like you, that's what I look for after. And that's kind of what I found. And it was just so different than my, my marriage. 
Yeah, it was about growing together and supporting mm-hmm. each other in anything that we wanted to do. And it doesn't mean you have to embark in another relationship or get married again. I wanted a relationship eventually. I always mm-hmm. knew that, but maybe not everybody does. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that you see in your future, thriving comes from following your heart, I follow your agree. own intuition, honor yourself. And when I say honor yourself, that might change eventually. Maybe you decide you never want to be in a relationship again. Cool. Yeah. Maybe that is honoring yourself for a while, but if you ever want to change your mind, then change your mind. Exactly. You know what? It, it, it just follow your, it sounds cheesy, but follow your heart. You know yourself best and you can live however you want to live. As long as we're living through our values Instead of battling somebody else's beautiful things can happen, whatever it is that you want to do, just do it. But you just, you have to trust yourself and live authentically to who you are. And that is what I learned is that that is why I'm thriving because I could live through my own values finally again. And I got to know myself and we get to decide how we move forward. I love that so much. I love that so much. Such amazing advice for anybody listening. This has been an absolutely beautiful interview. (laughs) I'm truly honored that you were my first guest. Can you please let people know where they can find you? Yeah. You know, we talked a little bit about my journey and how it led me to this point. So after just to sort of close the loop on that conversation, Mm -hmm. this led me to recognizing some gaps in our society when it comes to how women and mothers view themselves in terms of, you know, self-care, this idea of work-life balance. So when I left my um, position last year, I really set out to have a coaching practice that would support women um, and mothers through self-care, because for me, just the most important relationship we have is the one with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And through all of that shit that I have been through, if there is just one thing that I can help somebody else with, it makes it all worthwhile. So that is what I've based my coaching practice off of is supporting other women through these things. And just knowing that you're not alone, we are responsible for it. We are responsible for our own self-care and making these decisions, but that is not synonymous with doing it alone. You can find me um, on Instagram, just through my name, Vicki Joma. Um, I do have a website, victoriamaycoaching.com. Please reach out to me and connect with me. I would love to get to know you better. And thank you again for um, having me here in this sacred space to talk about something that is really hard, but that we need to talk about more often. And it has been just lovely connecting with you. All of the ways that you can find Vicky will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Vicky, for being here. It's been absolutely lovely. Thanks again. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the show. I absolutely love connecting with listeners. Please, please, please slide into my DMs. You can connect with me on Instagram at the Alexandra Eva May, on Twitter at Alexandra Eva May, and Pinterest at the Alexandra Eva May. And also go grab my book. It's on Amazon. It's called Her Awakening. My book and all the ways that you can connect with me are also linked in the show notes. <laughs>